Have you ever had to trust somebody before? Have you ever had to have faith in someone? It's kind of difficult sometimes. One of my favorite things to do in life is rock climbing. I mean, the, my favorite thing is spending time with God and then my wife. And then I also love to rock climb. And rock climbing teaches you about trust and about faith. Because when you're climbing, somebody's holding the other side of that rope and you have to have trust in them. So I wanted to just have a little experience and opportunity to see what it's like to have to trust somebody. Uh, so this afternoon you can try this with your parents or with an older or younger sibling that you trust, but I'm going to have my wife come over here. Do you think I trust my wife? I, I better. I do, I do trust my wife. Um, she's going to blindfold me and just lead me around a little bit, and I'm going to have to learn to trust. Okay, so she's putting her scarf around my head. You can do this with a scarf, with a t-shirt, with whatever you really want. Okay, I can see absolutely nothing. Okay, so I'm going to trust that you're going to lead me and I'm not going to bump into things. All right, you can just start. Okay, this is kind of scary. Cause, oh, I hit something. Oh, I think we're going, are we going up? Going up. Been up these stairs before, but it feels a whole lot different without being able to see. Okay. We're walking around. And I'm sure hoping we don't run into, uh-oh, we're going down. Okay. Going down some steps. Got to trust that she's not going to run me into the wall. Okay. <laughs> All right. Back on that soft carpet. Okay, she's telling me what I should do. Pick my feet up. Okay, she's telling me that there's some cords I could trip over if I'm not careful. Whoa. <laughs> she helped stabilize me because I started to fall backwards a little bit. Okay. Going down. Oof. Uneven terrain here. Okay. And we're back. Can I take it off now? Yes. All right. Thank you so much. So that was a little bit hard, even though she was somebody that I trust. Now, let me ask you something, boys and girls, adults, grandparents. How is it that we learn to trust people? Would you just let a random stranger lead you around blind? Or have you ever been somewhere and had your computer out or your phone out or your purse out. Maybe you're at a restaurant and you're with some friends and you say, hey, would you watch this? I'm going to go to the restroom. And we'd feel comfortable if, like, our friend was watching our wallet or our laptop or our backpack. But if it's just some random person you've never met before, that'd be kind of hard to trust them. So what is it that helps us to trust? The, the most important ingredient is time with that person. The more time we spend with a person, the more we can learn whether they're trustworthy or not trustworthy. I've spent a lot of time with my wife, so I know I can trust her. Uh, today in our sermon, we're going to be talking about trusting 
Jesus, trusting God and what that looks like. But what I've learned is the way to learn how to trust God more is to get to know him better, to spend more time with him. So this afternoon, if you want to practice this, you can have your parents or your siblings lead you around. You don't even have to have a scarf. You can just keep your eyes closed. Or if you want to take it to the next level and make it a little more difficult, you can have them speak to you and without your hand being on their shoulders, and they can lead you around that way. But remember, the more time we spend with somebody, the more we can learn to trust them if they're a person who can be trusted. The more we get to know God, the more we're going to learn. We can trust him too. All right. You can go back to your seat on the couch, boys and girls. You can go back uh, to whatever else you were doing, sitting there. Uh, and let's have a word of prayer as we get into our message for today. Dear Heavenly Father, help us to trust you more. Let our experience be a sweet one as we trust you day by day, over and over again. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I've got to say, it is more stressful doing live streaming than it is regular church. And I think our tech crew would agree. Uh, we had a couple of uh, things happen this morning, but we're here and we're thanking the Lord for it. We're learning something new every single week. So I don't know if you've noticed, but when things like COVID-19 happen, when troubles happen in our world, people start to think a little bit more about faith. And I can remember, seems like a long time ago, but just a few weeks ago when we were looking to close our church and other churches were looking to close their churches, there were some people in various churches who felt like it was a lack of faith to close down. They said things like, well, where is your faith? Don't you just trust that God will keep us healthy? And, and people around the nation were saying these things, a few people. In fact, I read about a church just in Sacramento that it closed down a couple of weeks ago, but it didn't follow the important social distancing guidelines and washing your hands carefully and, and all these things. And now 71 people have been infected with COVID-19 because they weren't following what the government said. So as Christians, we're in this interesting balance because we have been uh, reassured that, that God is a good God and he wants to help us. Uh, but we've also been told by that same God that we need to obey the governing authorities. So will faith protect us from disease? How do we understand passages like Psalm 91, a passage that has brought many people amazing comfort in times of difficulty? Does having faith mean that you'll never get sick, that things will always be safe? Or does it mean something different? One of my favorite preachers is, is Mark Finley. I was baptized in 1996 after attending some meetings that he put on. By the way, we're going to be doing some meetings virtually starting on April 17. It's going to be across the nation with It Is Written. 
Mark Finley used to work for It Is Written, and we'll send you information on how you can tune in, uh, but we're going to be blanketing the, di the digital airways, as it were, with invitations for people to attend our virtual seminar. Uh, but I attended a, a satellite seminar. It was like kind of before the internet when you had satellite dishes and we'd come to a church and watch on the screen. And I was so inspired by the words that God was speaking through him. But Pastor Finley tells a story about one time when he was a Bible worker. He was in Georgia and he was visiting a family that he'd been studying with back in the hollers of Georgia, down those bumpy dirt roads, up in the mountain, uh, the hills and, and uh, the trees and so forth. And he's in this home and a guy walks in with a big cigar, smoking a big cigar, and he said, guess what? We got to praise the Lord because I've been healed. And Pastor Finley said, what happened? He said, I just got the report from the doctor and the cancer is gone. My lung cancer's gone. And there he is, puffing a big cigar. And Pastor Finley, who knew that Smoking can cause cancer, lung cancer being one of them. He said, but do you think you should be smoking still? And the man said to him, where's your faith? If you have faith in God, nothing can touch you. But is that actually what the Bible teaches? So to answer our question, I want to go to the chapter of faith. And we're going to look at the lifestyle of faith to see how we can live as a people of faith, even in a time of pandemic. Of course, you're guessing Hebrews chapter 11. That's where we're going. The book of Hebrews, chapter 11. What does faith look like? In regular life, what does it look like in a time of crisis and pandemic? Will faith keep us from ever getting sick. Hebrews chapter 11, and we start in verse 1. Many people believe that the Apostle Paul was the author of Hebrews. Hebrews 11, he says in verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance. That's the Greek word hypostasis. It, it, it has been translated uh, in some places as what stands under, kind of the, the foundation of things, the reality, the essence of things, the assurance. Did you get my water bottle? <coughs> allergies, I promise you. <coughs> it's allergies. Faith is the firm confidence. Thank you. So faith is, is like this bedrock foundation that our life is built upon. It's what our, it's the reality of things. Uh, things that we sometimes can't even see. It's the evidence of things not seen. My Bible word uses the word evidence. Other translations say the conviction, the confidence. You see, God actually never calls us to have blind faith. What do I mean by that? I mean, 
believing something having no evidence to, that there's any good reason to believe. Uh, God always gives us prior evidences. Uh, he had led the people with miracles before he called them to cross the River Jordan. Before he called them through the Red Sea, he had poured out these evidences that he was there. Uh, so, but faith is us grasping onto. And I like what one commentator, a couple commentators said, faith, uh, this word hypostasis, is sometimes used as a title deed. That's when you have a property or you have your car and you've got the title. That piece of paper isn't the car. It's not the property itself. But it represents the reality. Faith is having something in your mind, in your heart, that you believe, that you hold on to, like the title deed. It's not the actual thing, but it represents that actual thing. It assures you, it gives you confidence and conviction of that thing. For by it, verse 2, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so the things which, have, uh, which are seen are not made of things which are visible. We weren't there when the world was made. But God has given us confidence in himself through other things, through prophecy, through historical accuracy, through experience in our hearts, which gives us confidence that he too was the one who made this place. And then we get to examples. What does faith look like in life? Example number one, verse four. Who's in verse four? Abel. By faith, Abel did what? He offered a better sacrifice than who? Offered a better sacrifice than Cain. And what happened as a result of his good sacrifice and his obedience? Abel was killed. For those of you that know the story, his brother got jealous and he killed him. By faith, Abel died. Now that's kind of an odd one to start off this hall of faith, these heroes of great faith. Abel had so much faith, he died. And then look at the next verse, because this one's kind of the opposite. Verse 5, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. So Abel has faith, and he dies. Enoch has faith, and he lives. In fact, he's taken directly to heaven, doesn't have to die, doesn't have to wait for the resurrection. He goes straight to heaven. Look at verse 7. By faith, Noah. Now, what did Noah do? Noah built the ark because there was a flood coming. The flood was trying to take them away, was trying to kill them. By faith, Noah built that boat. He stayed on this world. He hung around and he lived by faith. By faith, Enoch was taken out of difficulty, away. Maybe a, a thousand years before the flood, Enoch got to leave. But by faith, Noah stuck around. He obeyed God and went through the difficulty with God's help. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham 
What did Abraham do? God called Abraham to do something special, didn't he? God called Abraham to leave. Get away from your house. Leave your parents. Go away. I'm, leave, I'm leading you to a place that is far from here, to your own land. By faith, Abel died. By faith, Enoch lived and was taken away. By faith, Noah stayed through the ark on this world. By faith, Abraham left. You're starting to begin to get the idea that there are some contrasts here. Uh, this is very interesting. I think God had the apostle write it like this to help teach us that faith is not always what we think it might be. Sometimes our faith leads us and it takes us out of the difficulties and other times our faith leads us through the difficulties. Sometimes people with faith do end up having their life cut short like Abel. By faith, Abraham left his house, verse 9. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents. He lived in a tent. Now, I've done camping, and I like camping, but I wouldn't want to camp all the time. I think I would rather have a house. By faith, Abraham lived in a tent. By faith, he considered himself a foreigner in this world. Verse 10, by faith, he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Perhaps he would have preferred to live in a city, but he waited for the heavenly city. Verse 11, now it talks about his wife. By faith, Sarah herself received strength. Strength to do what? To give birth. She was 90-something years old, and she gives birth. By faith, God gave her the gift of a child in her old age. But then, you skip on down to verse 17. Notice what it says there in verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, the one whom he'd received through the promises. By faith, Sarah gets the child a promise. By faith, Abraham obeys God and gives him up. He got him back, but he didn't know if he was going to get him back. By faith, Abel obeyed God and he died. By faith, Enoch obeyed God, followed God, he got to go to heaven. By faith, Noah, he built a boat and he stuck around. By the way, the animals that were on that boat... Do you think they were um, totally potty trained? Did they always behave themselves? Right? Did it ever smell on the boat? Do you think they ever were afraid on that boat as the storm raged and the waves rocked that boat? Do you think maybe they ever got seasick, motion sickness? You can see, you know, what were experiencing here, just because you have faith doesn't mean everything in your life is going to be perfect. Just because God is delivering you miraculously, that doesn't mean there won't be trials and difficulties in your life. 
The path of faith is a path that leads us down different avenues in life, one of obedience to God, faithfulness to him. Now to verse 13. It says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises. So many great people of faith died knowing that the great reward would be ahead, but they didn't receive them. For they were waiting for a better land, a heavenly land. Verse 16, but now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Continue on. Look at verse 22. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the child, children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. Joseph had a very interesting life journey. He went, as it has been said before, he went from the pit to the prison and eventually to the palace. His faith took him through those journeys. But eventually, at the end of his life, as he's dying, he's, he, he told his kids, promise me that you'll take my bones and you'll bury them in the promised land. By faith, he was rich in the end. He, he got to be like the prime minister of Egypt. Just because you have riches is, doesn't mean that's a bad thing. It's not what you have, but what has you. Not what you have in life, but what has you in life. And Joseph was able to have wealth and power and use it for good. And by faith, he said, I want you to bury me in the promised land. I want you to bury me where I need to be, in that place that God has promised us. Verse 23, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, his parents hid their baby. They didn't turn him over. They didn't surrender him to death. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. What did he choose instead? Next verse, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than the riches and the treasures of Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith, Joseph followed God and he got rich. By faith, Moses followed God and he gave up all his riches and he became a leader of a people, a leader of a group of slaves. By faith, he embraced hardship. By faith, Joseph went through hardship and lived a life of ease in the end. Can you see that faith is not just one particular picture? There are some people in the Christian world that would have you believe that there's this cotton candy version of faith where if you simply believe, nothing bad will ever strike you. Nothing bad will ever touch you. But that's not at all what Jesus said. That's not at all what the Bible says. Jesus said, I will be with you through your trials. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, he said, I have overcome the world. 
The problem with this cotton candy version of Christianity is that it leads people to believe that if something bad happens to them, it must be because they didn't have enough faith. Or they prayed the prayer wrong when they were asking for healing. Or that somehow there must be something wrong with them, or God has stopped loving them, or there must be no God because I thought God would never allow difficulties in my life. But these heroes of faith are showing us that sometimes when you have faith, you still die. And other times when you have faith, God steps in and miraculously saves you. And other people like Joseph, through faith, went through difficulties and then experienced blessings. And then Moses experienced faith and he gave up his life of ease to experience difficulties. But the story didn't end too bad for him because he got to be resurrected early, the Bible tells us. By faith, verse 29, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. Verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, Joshua led those troops and they walked around the walls of the city. It was the oddest military campaign they'd ever been on. Didn't make any sense, but at the end of those seven days, on the seventh day, having circled it seven times, the walls fell down. By faith, they obeyed, even though they didn't understand. 31, by faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned the flight to the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. The apostle says, boy, I could just talk to you one after another. Stories of people who were rescued and delivered and got victory in battle. Even resurrections that happened by faith. But then you continue reading. And it says kind of the opposite. It says others, second half of verse 35, were tortured. Not accepting deliverance that they may obtain a better resurrection. Still others had the trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted and slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in dens and the caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. Some people through faith saw miraculous resurrections. Other people through faith went into battle and their enemies were totally conquered. And others by faith lived the life of difficulty. Others by faith experienced persecution and some by faith even gave up their lives for God. Faith is not one particular um, good life that is guaranteed to happen to you, faith is following after God in his footsteps, even if those footsteps lead us through difficulty. Now some might be wondering, well, 
if believing in God and following God doesn't mean I'm going to be exempt from hardship, if, if being a Christian doesn't mean that I can just never get sick, then what good is it? Because everybody has trouble in life. Well, the difference with Christianity is when you are a person of faith and you walk by faith, you walk with your Savior and you have him with you. I don't know if you've ever been home alone before and the lights are, it's nighttime and it's kind of dark in the house and, and your mind starts to interpret the sounds in your home as kind of scary things. It is, it's tough to be alone by yourself sometimes. But when you have somebody else with you, it's so much easier to be brave. It's so much easier to realize that the sound, oh, that was just the wind. When you're going through difficulties by yourself and you have no hope for the future, that's a hard thing. But when you know that you are walking by faith with your Savior by your side or with Jesus carrying you, you can go through any difficulty. Abel, through faith, followed God even though he died for it. Enoch, by faith, got to get a quick ticket out of here. All through the ages, people through faith have had different experiences, but they did it because they knew that God was worthy to be followed. You see, the more time we spend with him, the more we learn of his character. The more we read about Jesus and how he gave up everything for us, he died for us to show us that he was trustworthy, to show us that he loved us with everything in his heart, the more we can trust a God like that. What is faith? Well, let me tell you three things faith is not. Number one, faith is not just seeking your own will in a selfish way. It's not just trying to get the most out of life for yourself not thinking about others. The people that we have seen through faith, they live lives that were trying to benefit other people. Faith is not seeking your own will. It's not seeking your own, what you, own want, what you want to do in your own way. It's seeking what God wants to do. Realizing that God's way is going to be the best way, the happiest way. Number two, faith is not seeing the end from the beginning. It's not launching into this journey, knowing every step that's going to happen along the way. It's starting a path with God, trusting that he's going to lead you all the way. And faith is not understanding what's going on. Many of the people who we, exp we talked about already didn't have, they didn't know why they were dealing with what they were dealing with. But they went through it because they believed, like Abraham, that God was able to do what he said he would do. There's a beautiful definition of faith in the book Education, page 253. It says, faith is trusting God, believing that he loves us, and knows best what is for our good. The God that hung on that cross and gave up everything for you and me, he did it to show us he loves us with everything he has and to let us know 
there's nothing he wouldn't do for us. We can trust somebody like that. We sung earlier the song, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. A song that was authored by Louisa M. Steed. She was an immigrant from England, came over here to the New York area. And in approximately 1882, she was there in New York with her husband and with their daughter. And they went uh, on a picnic to Long Island. They were there, right there at the beach. While they're having their picnic, they heard the sounds of some young man who was swimming in the water and he was in distress. He was drowning. And so Mr. Steed uh, quickly ran to the water and swam out to the young man and tried to rescue him. But in the process, uh, unfortunately, he lost his life and the two of them drowned together. Now Mrs. Steed, Louisa, and her daughter were pretty destitute. They didn't have any source of income at that point. And it was a real struggle for them in their lives. But she prayed to God and asked that God would help them in spite of their difficulties. And one day she opened up her door and, and there on her front porch was a box, several boxes of food, and there was an envelope with a couple of months of rent money in it. She was so grateful to God, even just for this this small token for this small relief from their troubles that in spite of her grief and sorrow she went into her house <coughs> and she wrote that song tis so sweet to trust in Jesus and now you can think about those lyrics and you can read through them and you can hear the experience of this sweet woman of faith who had experienced such loss, but in spite of it, she knew that her God was a God of love, a God that she could trust over and over. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. What is faith? Faith is simply trusting in God, believing that he loves us, believing that he knows what's best for us, knowing that just because we believe in him and trust him and walk with him doesn't mean that our life will be perfect. But I'd much rather walk through this dangerous world with God at my side than with no hope and no God. How about you? When we go through the difficulties, we know that he's listening to us. We can call out to him. We know that he hears us, that he loves us. And we know, like the three Hebrew worthies in the book of Daniel, that even if he doesn't deliver us from the fire from the furnace, that there's a better thing beyond, that there's a hope beyond. My father, as you know, recently passed away from cancer. He was a great man of faith. He experienced God in miraculous and powerful ways. I remember one time he was down in Oregon, eastern Oregon, at some, some property that our family owns, and there was a neighbor who, there was kind of a property dispute. And the neighbor was really, really mad one day. And he was drunk and he had a gun and it was a dangerous situation. Unfortunately, my dad and his friend who was with him at the time were able to leave the scene before things got violent, before this guy did perhaps the unthinkable and, and sh shoot them. 
But later on, after the man was calmed down, he, he talked with my dad, and he, he wanted to, to work some stuff out, and he said to him, hey, where was the third man? Where was that other guy? Where was that other guy? I see you, and I see your friend right there, but there was another guy with you. Where is he at? <laughs> and they said, there was no other guy. And the man said, yes, there was. He was riding on a white horse. He was with you. I saw him. And they said, we didn't see him. But they knew who the man had seen. When you walk by faith, sometimes there will be moments where God steps in in powerful ways and is there to rescue you miraculously from your difficulties. And the same God that was protecting my dad that day knew that it was best for my dad to walk the journey of cancer and to pass away and to rest in the grave. My dad's no risk of getting COVID-19. He's not worried about economic uncertainty. He's resting. His heart is secure in Jesus. He's resting and he's awaiting the resurrection. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. And if, if you were able to talk to him before he passed away, he would tell you, I wouldn't have it any other way. I know that I'm walking in the path of God, and so this is where I need to be. And he expressed to his sister and, and to us shortly before he died that he had such incredible joy. It was the joy of Jesus walking alongside of him on the journey of faith. What is faith? Simply put, faith is walking with Jesus, believing that he loves us, believing that even if we go through difficulty, it's going to be okay on the other side because he has the power to make all things new. Where do we get this faith? Well, we don't get it from ourselves. We get it from Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And so he starts that faith in us and he finishes that faith in us. Revelation 14, verse 12, it says, Here are they that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. The last day people who survive the, the crazy times of the last days, they have Jesus' faith. The faith that he planted in their hearts, the faith that he grew as they grew to know him and the faith that he will finish someday when he returns. I want to have that kind of faith, don't you? I want to be a part of God's addendum to Hebrews 11. By faith, the people got through COVID-19. They got through the things that came after that. And by faith, they helped the world know that there is a good God, a loving God, a merciful God who's coming back someday. I want to walk with Jesus until he walks us into his kingdom someday soon. Is that your desire, friends? That's what I want. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we've been reminded today the path of faith may look different for different people. But the one thing that's common, the common denominator is that we have the same good traveling companion in you, Jesus, the Holy Spirit and God the Father, all of you 
helping us on our journey. Lord, I don't know what this week will bring. I don't know what we'll experience this week. But may we trust in you and follow you. And at the end of this week, when we get back together again next week, may we indeed say, yes, it is sweet to trust in Jesus. We love you. We thank you. And help us to have grace to trust you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a happy Sabbath, and we'll be seeing you sometime soon, whether digitally or in person in the future. God bless.